If you need mustard for that corned beef you're making, get Colleen's Irish Mustard. Colleen's Irish Mustard unites mustard haters and mustard lovers from around the world. Currently, Colleen's Irish Mustard has three flavors in mild, regular, and spicy. For more information on Colleen's Irish Mustard, visit www.irishmustard.com. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. Nathan Sabo joins us again as usual. How are you doing on this cold afternoon in Michigan? Doing good, and it's kind of snowing here again on April 21st. But what are you going to do? How are you guys doing over there at the Glinsky household? We're hanging in there, I'd say. uh, Getting on each other's nerves every once in a while, but we're hanging in there. I got a free (laughs) taco today at Taco Bell, so that's good. Yeah, well, I've made grilled cheese for about the thousandth time, so... uh... We're surviving. We're surviving. I think everyone's just surviving, but at least our cases here in Metro Detroit are starting to take a decline. Thank God. I think I think we should be. I think we'll start back up in a few weeks, hopefully. But as long as we open it, uh, not as fast where we jump in, reopen everything, but a little slow. That's why. That's what I hope for, so we don't get a second wave. Yep, I agree. Open up everything slowly, not all at once. But let's move on from the coronavirus, because we're all here to talk some sports. And the only intriguing sport thing this week, and probably the next month, is the NFL Draft. 2020 NFL Draft, going to be the weirdest NFL Draft, because Roger Goodell will be in his basement. Weird. Yeah, this is going to be interesting for sure. Um, I know they'd had a test run yesterday, and they actually had some technical difficulties with oh, the great. first overall pick. But I think it went smoothly after that. So I wouldn't be shocked that there's maybe a little delay here and there. But I'm excited to see Roger Goodell from his creepy basement. Maybe he's in his pajamas and in his man cave. I can't wait to see what his, uh, well, I don't know if it's his basement or his house, but what it looks like. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Lions pick up someone, but the NFL ends up making a mistake and they end up drafting a Hall of Famer. Oh, what that, if that happens? <laughs> that would be, uh, that'd be something. I would not be surprised if can you imagine if the Lions are the team that gets hacked. Someone hacks into their pick overall <laughs> and they end up picking, like, I don't know, an offensive tackle or a wide receiver at three another tight end top 10 yeah that i mean the lions that would be the classic Lions thing to have happen someone the one team that gets hacked into is them (laughs) so well yes but anyway nathan bob quinn took over this took over gm in 2016 and now he does not have many notable draft picks left on this team or any players since he took over this team left on the squad. So Nate, I'm going to need you to look up the draft picks that Bob Quinn has made since 2016. Tell me how many are still on the team. Well, how many are still on the team? Well, we'll start in 2016. Um, first overall pick was Taylor Decker. He Trash. turned out to be good, but over the last couple of years, it's been uh, not not a first-round talent you would expect. Um, also in that draft, had A'shaun Robinson, defensive tackle. 
he he's left. gone though. He was a decent D tackle for a second round. He wasn't terrible, wasn't amazing, but it was decent. And then August- I think in that draft, hold up, hold up, go ahead. I think in that draft, I think Ashawn Robinson may have been like a second or third round pick. And I remember seeing it. I think it went Derrick Henry to the Titans. Ashawn Robinson, and then it went Michael Thomas to the oh, Saints. Oh, Jesus. I think that's how it went. Well, then I could tell you that those other teams got the better of the deals then, for sure. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then the best uh, pick in that draft was Graham Glasgow, center, who... He's gone. Best O-lineman gone after this year. So that's it for that 2016, besides a bunch of nobodies, really. Oh, Jake Rudock, can't forget him. Oh, fantastic. Um, and then we move on to 2017. Obviously, Jared Davis, who's not lived up to his potential. Again, the safe. Not at all. Um, Don't tell me T's Tabor. Oh, yes, T's Tabor has been. <sighs> Gone after a year. Second round pick. And, and then Amazing. arguably the best draft pick in his career, Kenny Galladay, third round pick. He was a great draft pick okay. in the third round. No argument about that. He's the Lions' best receiver. Um, again, other than that, uh, Jared Davis, again, he didn't turn out. And then you have a bunch of nobodies that didn't turn out or play the year. 2018 now, interesting draft. Frank Ragnow, O-lineman, decent. But again, he's a first-round pick. Carry on in the second. Great player, mm. but he's injury-prone. And I think the biggest thing with him is they need a second running back to have a nice duo. J.K. Dobbins. Yes, please, J.K. Or, heck, if the Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre if they're there, I'll take them too. Or Edward Zolaire out of LSU wouldn't mind I that. I wouldn't mind Edward Zolaire. I think he'll fall a little later than those three, but uh, I would not mind that. Um, Tracy Walker, the safety, I believe he's still with them. He's, he's going to be the starter ever since they got rid of their entire yep. secondary. And then so. Deshaun Hand, who got injured i believe but he was showing some potential but he didn't really take a step step forward terrell crosby one of the backup o-linemen or offensive tackle in the fifth round okay fine all right he's decent but he's not you know amazing but he's a fifth round pick and then we go to last year and Oh, great. Fantastic draft tj hawkinson we all know didn't really live up to expectations could have had a defensive stud, maybe Ed Oliver, Devin Bush. Yeah, and then we wouldn't be having to worry about uh, fixing the D-line here in this draft. Jelani Tavai in the second round. Um, Will Harris, the safety. Amani Owarie, the cornerback. I believe he's still with them. Uh, Ty Johnson, a deep running back. Who I didn't mind that draft pick. He played a lot last year. Decent numbers for like a six-round pick. Um, but, again, one of the most common factors here throughout all this is that the good players come here, they play a couple years with that rookie contract, and then they go elsewhere. Saw it with Graham Glasgow. You saw it, heck, with Darius Slay, even though he probably stayed a little longer than he would have liked. You know, the good players, they come here, they get even better, develop, and then they leave because they realize, you know, they're not going to win here. Yep. And we know this draft, they're going to play it safe, and they're going to take a coup at three without trading down and getting more draft picks. Yeah, I really hope not. I have no issue with Okuda. Again, 
take them yeah. trade down, I will not have an issue. My thing here is I, I don't think they'll be able to get a first round from Miami. Or the Chargers. Or the Chargers. The Chargers only have that one. Well, I think, yeah, the Chargers only have the sixth overall pick. But the thing I'd be interested in is Chargers wanting to trade up with the Lions because I could see them easily wanting to take Tua. You got his name. They need him in L.A. They don't have many fans. You know, get the brand going to it. I could see them trading up to three with the Lions. In return, the Lions could get their second-round pick, which is 37th overall, maybe even a late round two with that, a fourth or fifth. I'd have no issue taking Okuda at six, and then you got 35 and 37 in the second round. I I think that's a good good trade overall. I don't think they're going to get 26 or 18, though, from Miami. I, I ideally, I I think I said that wrong, but whatever. <laughs> I would I I would love to see the Dolphins and the Lions make a trade and maybe grab their twenty sixth overall pick, but I don't think I see that happening without the Lions maybe giving up a third round pick. And I played the mock simulator and I had to give up a, a third and a fourth round pick to get the twenty sixth pick. So Maybe that's how they do it there, but I don't know. But ideally, I want the Lions to trade or take Tua. If I, Akuda, I'm fine with as long as you trade. Don't take the top. You know how rare it is to get the top three pick in the NFL exactly. draft. And usually, with those players, you get you either draft a quarterback, you can draft a generational running back like uh, Saquon Barkley. Stupid draft though. Or trying to think how that draft went it went baker then it went saquon then didn't it go like darnold then denzel Ward? i believe so let me see but but anyway i don't i don't think taking a cornerback in the top three is ideal i think maybe if you were to take to a with a quarterback that's perfectly fine or you take say chase young fell to the lines which i don't think would happen but even taking a defensive end like that is perfectly fine. But the value of a cornerback in a top three pick, I, I don't see that at all. No, I don't see that at all either. And, again, top three pick, you don't – you know, a lot of people saying, well, you know, well, they'll be bad next year, but you can't guarantee yourself a top three pick for Trevor Lawrence next year. I mean, come on. They'll have a weaker schedule. Yeah, you got the top three pick, which you can rarely ever get. You can't go on next year. They're going to have it. So trade down, get some assets, take Okuda. Heck, take Simmons even at six if he's available, even though I think the Giants are going to take him. But Patricia doesn't know how to use Simmons. I'm kidding, he doesn't know. He could be used all over the field. And I, if Okuda's not available at six, let's say they get to five or six, which I doubt that, and Simmons is, then they'll take Simmons because, then you yeah, defense. I have no issue with Simmons or Okuda. Um, but like you said, I don't know if Matt Patricia knows how to use Simmons. He really developed Jared Davis well, too, as you can see. Um, <laughs> but the Dolphins, there's been a lot of chatter with them and Justin Herbert, so, and possibly two is going to be falling in the draft. So maybe the Chargers won't move up. I don't know. The thing is, trade down, get some assets. Don't think it's going to happen. I think we'll be sitting here Thursday night, and they will sit at three and take a corner. And they'll just say, well, we didn't have yeah. any offers, 
And that's our guy. The Nick offers. I, you know, it's it's just so frustrating. Like, okay, I don't want a first round pick. Fine. Second round pick is ideal. Well, first round pick's ideal, but if second round pick's great, hell, if you can only get a third round pick, fine. You're getting something. But it's just something about taking a corner in the top three, unless it's like generational talent. It's just, I don't know. It's just not there for me. Neither is it for me. So, I mean, we could be, who was it last year that took, didn't the Raiders take Cleveland Farrell? Yeah, they took Cleveland Farrell, and he was projected to go in the late first round. But they did pick up Josh Jacobs, who turned out well. Yes, they did. So let's move on from the Lions, because we've been saying the same thing over the last month, and we're going to get disappointed like normal. (laughs) And the thing is, I don't know about you, but I'm a little skeptical of Joe Burrow. Of Joe Burrow, you said? I'm sorry, you cut out there for a second. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical of Joe Burrow. Yeah. I am, too, in a sense of, yes, he was great last year. We Obviously, he was phenomenal last year. Heisman winner. Brought LSU to national championship. But there's just something about him that he did it only for one year. And I understand the talent around him stepped up tremendously last year. Obviously, his wide receiver class last year was amazing. But it, you look at someone like Tua, okay, he's done it consistently for three years at Alabama. Obviously, the biggest concern is, the, is his injury, which you can't deny that. that. That is part of it. But something's telling me Joe Burrow could be a bust. And I don't know if he'll pan out in the NFL to be the great talent that they're making him out to be. He's got a hell of an arm on him. He can make plays. But there's just something that, okay, you've done it for one year in college. Great. But I kind of wish I would have saw more. And to be fair, Tua did it for two years and a half. Okay, yes, that is true. He came in late that one, first year he was in and that brought him to win the national championship back. Yeah, that's that's about it. And Jalen Hurts could be a sleeper in this draft. He could be a sleeper. I don't like him as much as other quarterbacks. Um, you know, I understand he... he his game is with his feet a lot. He did it last year a lot at Oklahoma, you saw. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with teams taking him in, in second or third round. I will have an issue if a team like Detroit takes him and be like, okay, well, why not get the better quarterback, I think, in the first round? I've always been kind of against taking a quarterback deep because why not? If you're taking a quarterback in the third or fourth round, why not just take the better one in the first or second? That's just me. Um but I've always seen his game more with his feet. I don't know if it gets over to the NFL as much. Uh, I think he has tremendous upside. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I would take probably three or four quarterbacks ahead of him. I would agree, too. And the thing with Joe Burrow is he started out at Ohio State, couldn't beat out J.C. Barrett or Dwayne Haskins, transferred to LSU, and he was – an average quarterback. I'm talking like Shea Patterson average yeah. quarterback. Maybe a little bit better. But an average quarterback. And then you bring in a new offensive coordinator. Remind you, he has the same weapons as the year before, and he couldn't Correct. get it done. He was he was shut out by Alabama the year in 2018. And all of a sudden, he's throwing for like five touchdowns against, against Alabama. Their defense usually 
is always the same every year because of the, the, the way they develop and the talent they get. And all of a sudden, he's throwing four or five touchdowns a game. But yet the year the year before you're getting two year you're getting two touchdowns maybe one touchdown a game so I think he might be a system quarterback like Jared Goff and the thing with Cincinnati is they don't have many weapons besides maybe Joe Mixon who's a running back and they I believe they still have AJ Green who's really like their only wide receiver yeah he's like injury prone though yeah and Cincinnati's not that great of a team and. I don't think they have that great of a fan base, so it. I don't. I don't know about Joe Burrow right now. It might take him three, four years to get going, and if he stays in yeah, Cincinnati, the big thing he, is I think since he's taken him, you know, the big thing is he's a hometown kid, Ohio. I think his girlfriend yeah. lives there or something. I heard the other day, so I think they'll get her behind him there. But like you said. He could be a system quarterback because he only did that the one year when Joe Brady instituted that offense. And like you said, he had the same receivers. They just all stepped up a little bit. So I don't know. I'd be patient with him, though. That's the thing. I I don't think he'll pan out the first couple years. Yeah, that biggest thing for a young quarter or any rookie in general that you take that high is you need to be patient. Same thing with us Detroit fans with, TJ Hawkinson, you need to be patient, but the thing about not being patient with Hawkinson is is he had only two real good games last year and against the Raiders and Cardinals. And then after that he didn't do much. Yeah, and I remember that Cardinals game, the first game of the year, and it's like, oh, okay, this will pan out. And then after that it just went well, the whole season nope. overall for all of them went downhill after that. Once they blew that lead and tied, I knew it. It's like, yep. come on. But uh no and it's as simple as that. Got to be patient. Too many times people and me, myself too, and I'm sure you and a lot of people were too quick to judge these young quarterbacks coming out of college, you know, gone are the days of letting them sit for a year or two and then putting them learning, learning the system, learning the offense. Now it's plug and play. And, you know, I know a lot of people last year, even with Dwayne Haskins at Washington, it's like the kid only played half a season, man. Give him a break. He needs another year or two to, to get things going. That's why I, I think Washington's taking Chase Young no matter what there. But be patient. It takes time to develop. We can't just assume because they're a first overall pick, first round pick, they can go in and play in the NFL. No, it's a completely different game. Yep. And now the teams that have multiple draft picks in in this first round, and then they could use these picks to end up moving up. Pay attention, lines. The Dolphins have three picks in the first round, of course, with the number five pick, then the number 18th pick that they traded with Pittsburgh with Minka Fitzpatrick, and then the 26th pick from Houston where they traded Laramie Tunsil and another offensive lineman. And then the Jaguars have two picks, one from the Rams, and then the that's the 20th overall pick, and then their own pick at nine. And another thing with the Jags is they could potentially end up trading Leonard Fournette. We've heard that in recent weeks, and they could use Fournette to move up, maybe get a few picks. Maybe I don't think Fournette – I don't think you could trade a first-round pick with Leonard Fournette. Like, you get a first-round pick for Leonard Fournette. You could get a few second-round picks, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's been a little inconsistent. I'm not – again, I'm not a fan of bringing in running backs from other teams. I'm more a draft a guy. But interesting thing with Jacksonville, they have the ninth, like you said. They also have the 20th. 
So possibly another trade destination. If they want to trade up and get a quarterback, possibly trade up with the Lions for 9-20. and 20. Lions sit at 9. I don't think Okuda or Simmons may fall that deep. But then you got some good offensive linemen, which they also need help at, and they'll have at 9. They could pick a good old lineman, whether it's uh, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Mekhi Becton, Jedrick. Will. There's plenty of old linemen that could fall, or that will be right around that ninth pick, and then they got 20. That's another possibility that the Lions could do. Yeah, and then, of course, the Raiders have two picks, 12 and 19. Of course, they got the 19th pick from the Khalil Mack trade a few years ago. And the thing with the Raiders is they didn't have a terrible draft a year ago. Yes, you would have liked to see maybe Josh, Josh Allen from Kentucky, the linebacker. They would like to see them take him. But you took Cleveland Farrell. And then, but you still picked up Josh Jacobs, who you can help build around, build your offense around. And of course, Derek Carr still remains in Oakland, or excuse me, Las yeah. Vegas. I saw their stadium; it's it's beautiful. I think they're I calling it stadium. the Death Star. Oh, I mean, it it looks intimidating as hell. So, a lot more intimidating than Ford Field. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So. Could you see a potential trade destination with the Lions and Raiders? Because the Raiders, I don't. I think they picked up Marcus Mariota. Yeah, they got Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr, and I think they're satisfied with that. I don't think they're going to trade up, but I wouldn't be shocked. Maybe they trade up to three. Maybe they want a quarterback to sit there for a year, but I don't think they'll trade up. I think they're fine sitting at twelve and nineteen. I think they're going to end up taking either Judy. Uh, C.D. Lamb or Henry Ruggs. I do believe they'll take they'll they'll take one yeah, of those three. One. But I wouldn't be shocked if they traded up. I don't think they will. I think they'll stay where they're at uh, at twelve and nineteen. Of course, the Vikings have two first round picks in twenty and excuse me, the twenty two overall pick that they got from the Stephon Diggs trade, so they could potentially use C.D. Lamb or Justin Jefferson there. And then they also have their own pick that's 25. Don't see the Vikings trading up there, but you could see a wide receiver destination. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Whether it's Justin Jefferson or a kid I like out of Baylor, Denzel Mims. You know, there's a lot of wide receivers to choose from. You know, maybe even T. Higgins comes up into the conversation in the first round. I, I think they will end up taking a receiver at 22 or 25, obviously with, losing Stefan Diggs or trading him away rather to Buffalo to put up with Adam Thielen. I think one of those two picks will be used on a receiver, which one I don't know, but there's plenty of talent to choose from in this draft when it comes to the wide receiver position. Then, of course, the 49ers, the last team with multiple picks, they, of course, have their 31 overall pick. And then they traded in the offseason, like first day of free agency, DeForest Buckner to Indianapolis for the 13th overall pick. Where do you see the 49ers? Someone's telling me that. I read somewhere the other day that they may even be looking to trade that 13th overall pick and get even more assets. Which, you know, I I don't know about that. You know, the 13th overall pick with how good they are, how many of those are they going to get in the future? Being able to uh, draft that high. I. I'm not 100% sure. You know, obviously, they want to maybe get some more depth on that defensive line, losing to Forrest Buckner in that trade. 
But again, something's telling me that a lot of these teams, like the 49ers, the Raiders, they won't want to pass up on like CD Lamb or Henry Ruggs or, or, or talent like that. And, you know, I could see that happening. CD Lamb to San Francisco, putting him in that offense with Jimmy G. Uh, I could see that. Or I could even see them taking a defensive tackle. Uh, maybe, well, not uh, what's his face from Auburn. I don't think he's going to fall that deep. I think he's keen on Carolina. Um, oh, the kid out of South Carolina. What's his name? Devon Kinlaw. I, I, I don't know exactly which way they're going, but I, I something's telling me with those wide receivers, a lot of these teams, just like the 49ers, aren't going to be able to pass them up to that talent, even though it is a deep class. Yeah, and... I, the 49ers, it's, those teams, they're in interesting spots. So, I mean, you're looking to rebound after the year before. But the thing is, they could use it on an offensive lineman because of how how run heavy Yeah, I could see that too. Wide receiver or O-line. Again, they have, there's pretty much four top O-linemen, in my opinion, in the top 15 that would go. Um, I would think one of them would be there for sure. And I think the Raiders and 49ers are in a similar situation going either receiver or O-line just because of the depth on both those positions. The question is going to be how many O-linemen are going to be there. The Jets, if they're smart, they better go O-line mm. because they need to get Sam Darnold some help. Yes. A lot of people aren't you know, high on Sam Darnold, but I, something tells me that it's, that O-line has been terrible for him, not getting any help. Arizona? Another team that needs some O-line help with Kyler Murray. They got to go O-line. And if the Giants are smart, they'll go O-line. But I don't think they're going to be able to pass up Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll take a Akuda because they drafted DeAndre Baker a year before. So, I think Sim- I think Simmons will fr- – unless somehow Chase Young doesn't get drafted by Washington, which I don't see happening – I think it's going to be Simmons is a for sure lock at four. So, unless, unless they go. Oh, well, he is. And I. It, yeah, true. But I saw something before where the Giants were having advanced talks with Justin Herbert. I go, why are you having talks with Justin Herbert if you used. Was Daniel oh, Jones sixth or fifth? He was sixth. Anyway, you used a top ten pick on a you used a sixth overall pick a year ago on a quarterback, and yet you're going with advanced talks with another quarterback? I, I don't understand that I, one at I all. I think with, that with may be more talk but, going so they can get a trade. I don't think they're gonna I don't think they can be that yeah, stupid. Because I know there was a possibility that the Giants would draft Herbert last year if he would have went into the draft, which obviously he didn't. Yeah, he should have. He should have won the draft. Um, but no, I think Daniel Jones is their guy. They kind of came out and said it earlier this year. I think they're just talking so teams will think, oh, you know, let's trade up with them. I, I, I don't think they'll take Herbert there. But another team I'm in, two teams I'm interested with. One is the Colts. They don't even have a first-round draft pick, but they do have the number 34 overall pick from Washington. They need a quarterback. 
And the thing is, or to draft a wide receiver, because the wide receiver is just T.Y. Hilton. And I don't want them, I don't think they should force and draft, say, they force in and draft maybe who's the kid from Utah State? Love? Jordan Love? I don't want, I don't think that would be a, a fantastic pick for them. Or I don't want them to draft maybe like Jacob Eason or Jake Fromm that high because I don't think those two quarterbacks are that high. I say at the number 34 overall pick, they draft a wide receiver and hope Brissett bounces back after an abysmal year a year ago where he didn't even throw for 3,000 yards. He had 18 touchdowns and six interceptions and a QB rating of 50.1. And Brissett, they've got, he's got to get something going next year because I imagine the Colts are still going to suck. And you could use a quarterback. You can draft a quarterback next year. And then you would already have T.Y. Hilton and say, maybe you draft a running back. I don't know who the running back there is in Indy, but you could use, say you draft a wide receiver, say Ruggs falls, or I don't mm-hmm. know whoever would fall. Maybe Justin Jefferson falls. And you have you have two solid wide receivers. Say Brissett sucks. So if Brissett sucks, that means the Colts will suck. They get a higher draft choice. I don't think they'd be the number one overall. They wouldn't have the number one overall pick, but Justin Fields would be sitting there. That's that's an interesting pick. So I think the Colts would go wide receiver unless quarterbacks fall, which I don't think they Don't forget, the Indianapolis Colts signed Phillip Rivers to that one-year deal. So... Yeah, I yeah, I forgot about. I that. would still be in favor if a quarterback falls to them, preferably Jordan Love. Sit him for the year, let Rivers and and Brissett play it out because I think, like you said, both are not exactly great quarterbacks. Maybe let them tank to some extent, but I don't think Love's going to fall that far to begin with. Actually, I Good think he Patriots. may go to the Packers, and that, that's another take I have because again, Aaron Rodgers is coming to his coming to an end. But uh, again, wide receiver is yeah. They also have the forty fifth or forty fourth pick too, so they could attend, uh, go wide receiver there as well. Um, but there's a lot of wide receivers that could fall, like you said, Rugs, Jefferson, um, Denzel Mims again. Like I said, could I like out of Baylor? I could see that happening, but. I don't think Love's going to fall that far. And like you said, I agree with you with Fromm or Eason. I, I would not take them that high in the draft at all. Nope. Fromm had a rough year a year ago. And an- the last team, before we move on, is the Patriots. What will the Patriots do since they don't have any offensive weapons, it seems like, anymore? Because it, it's just Edelman. They don't have a solid tight end. I think they drafted the kid at Arizona State a year uh, ago. Da, 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 what was his name? Uh, and Keel Harry. Yeah, they still have him. He had an up and down year, but he could bounce back. And then all their defensive yeah. players went to the Lions. So, but the thing is, is they're still the Patriots, and they still have Belichick and Kraft. So. I don't know how long Belichick stays stays now, but I think the the Patriots are going to make the right move. We may think of it that it's a bad move, but to them, it's going to be a fantastic move, and they'll draft whoever. It'll be a fantastic player. I think 
I don't think they go quarterback. Oh, uh, they have uh, the kid from Auburn, um, Jared Stidham. I Stidham? think they signed a veteran QB. Let me check that really quick. So say you have, say you have Stidham for a year, and you draft a wide receiver with this first round pick. Yeah, they signed Brian Hoyer, who I believe need. is a veteran quarterback. He's been around the league, so that nah. you have those two: Stidham and Hoyer. So, who I'm knows not what sure the what they do in the do. first do do? round. I don't think they take a quarterback in the first round. But I feel like later in the draft they will. And for some reason, I think Jake Fromm is going to go to the Patriots. You know, a guy who had a down year last year at Georgia, even though he had a lot of receivers hurt, didn't have the talent around him like he used to have or did the year before. Um I just feel like Fromm's a guy who goes to New England. You know, a guy you wouldn't expect to be that great coming out of the college. But he goes to New England, he sits a year or two, and then you know how it turns out when he goes to New England. He becomes, you know, a top 10 quarterback or something like that. Maybe not that good, but at least a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I feel like that could be a possibility in the later rounds for New England for sure. Let's just hope that they draft. Let's just hope this doesn't happen. Is they draft a wide receiver here, they suck for a year, and they oh, take that'd Trevor be the Lawrence. worst. That's, the, that's, that's just the like the Warriors. They suck this would... year, and now they're going to have a top three, well, top three pick. They have multiple firsts after trading. That was a uh, great trade. I... D'Angelo Russell away the too. Warriors, so. man, you talk about a way to do it. Win the finals three out of four years, blow for a year while everyone's injured, come back stronger than ever, and retool. Yep. We'll be back with more 100. Welcome back to the 100% Sports Podcast. So for the next four weeks on Sundays from 9 to 11, the last dance documentary will be airing. Next week, they'll be showing the team that helped create Jordan to the player he was, the bad boy. Mm-hmm. And what were your takeaways from this documentary from episode one and two? I loved it, man. Kind of cool getting to see everything from Jordan's perspective because obviously he had the rights to this documentary and edit it and show what he wanted. But I think it was just cool watching Jordan sit down and tell stories while drinking a glass of whiskey and, you know, hearing the stories. Throw F-bombs at all these players. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's not people don't know much about and i didn't know was how bad the bulls were before he got there i mean did you see their their uh their arena it looked like little seizures arena when the pistons are playing or the red wings hey come on we got a good gm in charge of the wings but yes no they are but they're not they are both terrible i know at least they have a direction yes they do with all the draft picks they stockpiled over the last few years but I love Bob it. Quinn. That's how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> I I love the documentary. I I didn't I, to be honest. I wasn't really. I haven't been a basketball fan up until maybe four or five years ago, and I really don't know too much about basketball history. You know, I know Jordan, Larry Bird, and the Celtics, and Magic, and Kareem, the Lakers, but I never really you know knew the Bulls as they were until watching this. And my God, the. Their GM Jerry Krause, what a nut! I mean, you got 
coming off winning their fifth championship in seven years, and he tells Phil Jackson, you're done. I'm basically blowing this up and rebuilding. After they just won fifth and are about to win sixth, it's just remarkable and crazy how it went from, you know, top of the league, top notch, and it just went downhill like that because of his decisions. It, it was amazing. I don't know what he was thinking. And imagine the two years that MJ went to go play baseball. They could have won two more. Yeah. They probably would have won two more. So there's eight. And Jerry Krause, I don't know what he's thinking. You still got the best player in basketball ever. And Scottie Pippen is making pennies. Mm-hmm. $2.77 $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. $2. million a year. The, so here I got the top six players on their payroll for the 97-98. Jordan, $33 million. Then the second best, their second highest paid player, Tony Kuko. I don't know. Sure. $4.5 million. Ron Harper, four point five. Rodman, don't know what he was doing at the time with his hair and his image, four point five. Hey, Rodman's always been weird. But not in the Pistons. Yeah, but after that, he hit a he hit a stage where he turned into kind of a Antonio different Brown. kind of dude. Turned into Antonio Brown, <laughs> and then it went Luke Longley three point one and Pippen two point seven, and Jerry Krause, what are you doing? You have the best team of basketball. No one's as long as Pippen's playing. Which I thought the part I like how Jordan called out Pippen, saying it was selfish that he didn't take the surgery on his foot right after the season ended and waiting until the beginning trying to like show a statement but I mean come on I I don't blame Pippen for doing that really I mean hey, you're trying to win a ring here you're trying to go for a sixth have your second three Pete you have Michael Jordan on your team no one in the league is stopping you why not just keep winning rings all Jerry Krause had to do was re- restructure his contract and he did not do that I I don't understand. You know, they were top of the league. It's not like they were, you know, 36, 37, 38 and all going downhill. They were still in their prime to some extent. And it just makes no sense. And even telling Phil Jackson, screw you, you have one year, you're gone. And then we know what he went on to do later in his career. It's like, it just amazes a, me how stupid you can be. I know that that's. That that was a dumb Phil Jackson, probably one of the best coaches at that time. Oh, for sure. And you're, and you're telling him you're done. That is dumb. And I like how all the players they hated Jerry Krause because he said organization wins championships, teams win championships. Mm-hmm. And and I and I mean they, the players have any right to bully Jerry Krause whatsoever. You see it with Jordan and his reactions, bullying him all the time, and then. When Jordan had his Hall of Fame speech saying, I don't know why, who invited Jerry Krause here. I sure didn't. I mean, Jerry Krause, what are you doing? I don't know. And another thing I'd like to point out is the baggy clothes they all wore. Oh, God. They were so baggy. That was the 90s, man. I don't know why they, they wore so much. All the clothes probably added 10 pounds onto them. Hey, man, that was a style. And another thing about the documentary is, um, you know, with Jerry Krause and obviously players always making fun of him. And 
they also pointed out he basically couldn't stand not getting any credit for what he did because he wanted credit and all the shine and spotlight was going to MJ and partly Pippen and kind of rightfully so because yes, true organizations win championships, but the players are the most important thing. You can't come out and say that. And uh, there was another point where uh, the owner Reinsdorf told Scotty that don't take this deal. It's not worth it. Well, if you're telling him not to take the deal, can't you kind of step in and overrule the GM to some point? So yeah. I don't know if they're making Reinsdorf to look like he wasn't a factor here, but I kind of think he was to kind of yeah. play it innocent. But overall, I love it, and I can't wait for next weekend's episode, especially to see the bad boys. I was a little confused at the beginning because I didn't think they would show up right at right at the end because I didn't know the story. Because this whole thing was based off that last season. Right. And I, I didn't know how. I knew they won three championships, and then the break happened, and then they won three more. I knew like the gist of, like I knew the the surface of the story, right. but I didn't I didn't know what happened in the downfall of it. So I was a little confused at that part, but I thought it was a fantastic documentary, and I'm just more excited for next week. And Dennis Rodman said on first take uh, yesterday that this next the these this next week that's going to be showing on, which it's going to be, he said it's going to be. 95% about him, he's going to be in it. So that'll be interesting because Robin really wasn't in it up until that point because it was more of the, more of the, the foundation of the Bulls and Michael Jordan because it's, it's basically about Michael Jordan. Right. So, and all I'm hoping is LeBron doesn't make one because God, it's going to be boring. Yeah. I, you know, obviously I wasn't live to watch MJ play. I am watching LeBron play. And then you get into the argument, LeBron, MJ. I I mean, can you compare the two? It's two different eras, two different styles of game. But after watching this documentary, let me tell you something. That MJ, there's just something about him that just seems overall, whether it's personality-wise or, or player-wise, that he, I don't want to say he's better because it's kind of unfair, in my opinion, to compare the two. But it just... Overall, he does seem kind of better. I agree. And when Scottie Pippen talks, it's so boring. I hate him on the jump. Oh, come on. Not Scottie. Pippen is, Pippen is so dull. I don't care. He's so dull. Even Shaq. Shaq can be funny at times, but I can't understand. Oh, Shaq, come on, man. That's Shaq. Well, it's just true. Sometimes it's like, you don't know what he's saying. But Scottie Pippen's not funny. He's not funny, and his voice is... Yeah, he, he's not, his voice is weird. I don't know, but it's weird. I don't like Pippen. On he's a great player, but I hate him on TV. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, and I remember in the documentary when they're talking about Scotty's family, um, when his brother was talking, and he sounded exactly like him. I was kind of weird, but no, overall great documentary. Can't wait for next week. All right, let's move on to the Fast Five. We know. This will involve another draft, not the NFL draft. Since the Red Wings are guaranteed a top four pick in this year's draft, who do you think the Lions, or not the Lions, who do you think the Red Wings will draft with this pick, even if it's not one or if it's not even the first overall pick, which we're hoping? Well, the first overall pick was most likely going to be Alexis Lafreniere, Lafreniere, however you want to say it. Again, top talent, supposed to be, the top talent coming in 
Um, I hope they get him. But if they do drop to two or three, hopefully only two, two would be Quentin Byfield. He's supposed to be the number two prospect coming up in this uh, draft. And then number three is the German kid, Tim Stutzel, who I watch highlights on all three of these guys. And all tremendous Lafrenia, you could tell, top-notch. This guy all over the ice, quick to the puck, knows the decision to make when the puck's on his stick, knows how to uh, focus his game, the speed of the game. Uh, but, uh, Byfield as well, very quick. Tim Stutzel, though, kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody really expected him to be top five, top ten, but he's tremendously improved over the past year over in Germany. Same place where Mo Sider came from, Mannheim, the DEA. I could definitely see that happening if they don't get one or two, getting Stutzel at three. Again, hope they get one. If not, then two, three, okay. But I will be mad if they fall back because it would be the third year in a row they fall back or maybe even fourth. I want Lafreniere. Yeah. Can't argue. Next question. What? Can't argue with that. Uh, so do I. So, NFL draft. We know it's going to be a virtual draft. What are you looking forward to the draft? I'm not talking about trade. Screw the, the football aspect of it. What are you looking forward to the draft? The interact, like the reporters, like the Adam Schefters, the Roger Goodells. What are you looking forward in the the scenery of those guys? Um, I don't know. I, I feel like something is going to go wrong in the sense of technology issues. And you're going to see some of these GMs and coaches start to panic. And I just feel like I get a good laugh out of that watching a Bob Quinn or somebody panic because their kid unhook, unplugged the Wi-Fi line or something stupid like that. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to how uh, if like Roger Goodell, you know, he always gets booed if he adds in like booze <laughs> when he walks up. That's what I'm. I, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, that'd be great. This is a personal question. Oh, Have you learned anything new in this quarantine? Anything new, like to do? Like have have you gained have you gained uh, a new skill? <laughs> uh shoot, I don't know. I haven't really done much. I'll tell you that much. Um. No, I will tell you, no, I have not learned to do anything new, at least as far as I'm concerned, besides cutting the grass once, and, well, I've always cut the grass. I don't know. I know how to binge-watch shows more now. Uh, I've I've learned to cook some more oh, food. there you go. That's about there it. you go. What are you looking forward in the next few episodes of the MJ Dallas? Oh, for sure, the bad boys, man. I watched a couple of sneak previews they had on Scott Van Pelt the other night. I can't wait. I want to know if MJ gives him credit for doing it because, you know, that's how they stopped him playing physical, obviously like that. Or if he kind of, you know, that was the wrong way to play the game. I'm curious to see what his opinion is on it. Obviously, back then he was mad, but I want to see now what his thoughts are. I want to see if he ever comes out and says, the reason Isaiah Thomas didn't join the Dream Team is because MJ didn't allow it. Yeah, that is true. That That's one thing I've always wondered looking back on the Dream Team. How is Isaiah not on there? And that could be well the reason why. Worst sports news you have ever heard. It could be a trade, uh, a draft choice. It could be a coach leaving, a coach hired. What's your worst sports news? Worst sports news. The worst, like, um, the worst kind of, like, emotionally sad kind of that 
would be Jim Leland retiring from the Tigers only because they were so freaking close in 2012 and in 2013. And I, I was and nothing against him. He was already the coach for like six, eight years or something by then. And I, it just felt like, you know, I was sad because they were so damn close to winning it. And then he stepped down, which I don't have no issues with him stepping down at all. I did have issues, though, with who they hired after. Ruin the team. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say my worst news I had was. This is when I first became I, – I have two. I have two. It was when I first became a soccer fan, and I like this player named Robin Van Persie. Oh. I played I, – I loved him, and he scored 30 goals a, a, the year before, and I didn't know about the whole contract situation that he had. And one summer in, in August – like one summer night in August, I was watching USA versus Mexico. And it's on ESPN. And all of a sudden, on the bottom of the screen, I see Robin Van Persie leaves to go to Manchester United, which at the time, Man United was Arsenal's rival. I think I <laughs> cried. Um, I didn't watch soccer. I didn't watch the rest of the USA-Mexico game. And I had a jersey that one of my dad's coworkers bought from England. And I, like, threw it out of my room. Uh, so... So yeah, that that was an emotional. Definitely, one. wow, and you're then, you're mad there. Very, and then the last one would have to be a few weeks ago, or about a week ago when it's actually a week from today. I'm pretty, yeah, it's a week from today. Okay. Josh Josh Christopher doesn't come to Michigan, and the next half five could have joined. Doesn't come to Michigan, goes to Arizona State, and then less than twelve hours later, Isaiah Todd number. Five, another five-star recruit decommits the Michigan and goes to the G League. <laughs> so the Fab Five could have been one of the top three recruiting classes in the nation, yet they're now not. So it's still a great recruiting class, but having those two five-stars would have been really nice. Yeah, that would definitely that, – that's tough to lose two five-stars like that in that short period of time. I'd, I'd be for sure pissed if that happened to MSU. But anyway – Nathan, think we had a great show today. Anything like that? Nope, add? just uh, pumped for the jet draft. I'm going to get some food on Thursday and hopefully not throw it at the TV. We'll be disappointed. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm going to point that out. All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You already know all that by now. Till next time.